Hello and welcome to episode number three of the Essential Apple Podcast, a show where we take a look back at the last week of Apple news, reviews, rumours, and make of them what we will. Joining me this week is a regular, almost full compliment, because Rick, well, we don't know where he is still, to to discuss this week's nonsense and sense that's been going on in the world of Apple. Starting from the start then, Mr. Matt Barton, how are you this evening? Hello. Yes, I'm here. Lots and lots of pain, uh, but I'm actually here. Is that so, the pain from having to empty out your wallet to buy something? <laughs> actually, you say that. I spent a fortune this week, uh, but it's mostly because I've been off. I've been out of work because I've kind of screwed up my back. So because of that, I've just been at home spending. Um, but no, not in that sense. Hang no. on a sec. You screwed up your and you just shared that picture in the Skype chat room of you sitting on a new toy. I mean, motorbike. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I went out to buy. Well, went out and sorted yesterday to kind of cheer myself up because I've been in pain for the last three days. See, some people go on Amazon and they think, oh, look at that. There's a lightning deal. There's 20, there's 30 quid gone. Matt goes out and buys a brand spanking new Harley. It's only 18 grand. God, how to make how to make people hate you. How to lose friends and not influence people. How the other half live. Barry. How are you this evening, good sir? Sorry to keep you waiting with the cavalcade of problems we've been having before we went live. How are you, sir? I'm I'm fine, mate. I'm uh, trying to wind me what seven working days to go. Oh, come on! We'll be quaffing champagne at Canary Wharf. I can't. You of all people at Canary Wharf. <laughs> I'll be quaffing Guinness at Canary Wharf. Are those sort of people who don't say yes? They go yeah. And they're called Tarquin and Jeffrey. Oh no, I don't. I don't associate with uh, the uh, the upper echelons. We, I'm, I'm, I'm down with the trogs. You're thinking stockbrokers. And finally, Mr. Madden, how are you, sir? I'm fine, thank you very much. Oh, we've sweated bucket loads to get this show going tonight if there is any hiss in the audio hopefully i've edited it out if i haven't accept my apologies i don't know what's going wrong i blame this second hand uh imac not the second hand mac mini that i bought off someone even though i haven't changed anything for, for a week all of a sudden when we decided to go live it decided to interject a load of hiss out of nowhere i can fix we can fix this it's no good trying to fix it 10 minutes before the show begins however but it can be fixed believe me the only yeah, I still think I, it's just user error. Yeah. The only fix I can think that we need is, well, we just need to start up a Patreon campaign to get some new iMacs in or no. a Mac Mini in. No. It's easy to fix, I'm sure. Just not 10 minutes for a show. Well, let's crack on with the show then. We're going back to the last seven days of Apple news. Uh, the interesting one for me that started off the week was that the UK shows off a prototype of the digital iPhone driving license using Apple's wallet app. Apple's wallet app on iOS is currently used to store Apple Pay credit cards and debit cards, as well as other things like boarding passes, providing that the scanners will recognize them or you can get your Apple Watch underneath the scanner. Or the care people like KLM actually make it somewhat easy to get a boarding pass onto your phone but that's that seems to be by the by it appears that the uk government is working with apple's wallet apis to allow users to store their driving license alongside their other cards already in the app i hope this comes true i don't see it coming true what with the government in the police penchant for trying to do you over for not having documents in your car at any time well this is the basis of a secondary isn't it so it isn't going to be a case if you say oh my phone's dead i can't show you my id it's a case if you have to have the actual the hard copy as well. This is just for convenience. 
Also, it's it's not necessarily just an iPhone uh, thing as well. The the wallet. It's it, they said basically smartphones. It's just yeah. happened that he. I mean, they're not going to be political and have three different devices holding, you know, in his hand as he takes the pictures. He just happened to have an iPhone, snapped a picture of that. And I, I say that's a Photoshop job because that his name, Mr. Neil Evans, doesn't line up properly. That is, oh, that is that, 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 that's purely a prototype. And they did. Yeah. They, they updated yesterday and said that it's also coming out on Android as well. Yeah. Of course they would. But, however, the, the funniest bit for me personally is if you go down comments to comments on, on the version of this story we've got is 9 to 5 Mac. Uh, and if you go down to the comments, there's these couple uh, and even on the Twitter feed from the actual original photo, these people, obviously iOS and Android fanboys or trolls, depending on what side of the fence you're on, are going at it like you wouldn't believe with some insults backwards and forwards. And I'm thinking... Okay, again, please stop and read the actual story, you wallies. <laughs> why would you why do you want to read something when you can just react and inform? Apparently, exactly. Read the headline. Because the headline says UK shows off a prototype of digital iPhone driving license using Apple's wallet app. And as long as that's all you read, you're informed, apparently, in this modern day and age. Because it goes down further on and then people say, Well, this should be on Android as well. And it is coming to Android if it comes out at all. For God's sake, read the actual article instead of the headline. You must. Oh, dear me. Did well, you see the ones that there's a whole thing like, well, my partner's only a couple of days older than this guy by the age basis, and so they look a lot better than he does. <laughs> it's, um, and the only reason we can do this is because they got rid of the counterfoil, which is the most annoying part ever of the old driver's license. You had, I gave you this snappy-looking card, uh, and then they said, oh, but by the way, you've got to keep the paper. Well, at the moment, it used to be paper anyway. So how's that helped me? And it's, this isn't going to replace the current driving license. It's just going to be an addition. So you're still going to have to have a driver's <laughs> license somewhere. But once they make these things digital, they'll be able to do a lot more things a lot quicker with them. So if you need to be issued a new license, it could be virtually instant. If any sort of government agency can be understands what the word instant means <laughs> nice um if it, it'll be pretty secure because it's all like linked up to your id so as long as no one gets hold of your id you're you're okay but then they can also, they could just get hold of your driver's license out of your wallet if you drop your wallet and, and things like this anyway but um yeah, the, I mean, the, the immediate the immediate tweet the retweet sorry the following tweet that didn't get as much coverage from the guy puts out four little points one prototype no timeline yet two not replacement for photo card, an add-on. Three, security, our priority. And four, possible because of no counterpart. Security uh, is a priority. Why are they releasing on Android? Don't do Because they have to. Person. Don't be that person, Mark. <laughs> It had to be. Oh, okay, well, my second conspiracy theory is the government pushed this through. You get stopped by the police and it becomes, you know, it becomes well-known. You've got um, a driving license on your phone. If you then unlock your phone to show your driving license... So if it's in the wallet, you just double uh, press. Yep, so they can't use the whole thing. Well, you've just unlocked your phone to show us your driving license. You can't claim that you don't know the passcode so we get access you, to your um, phone. I, I question if you've been stopped by the old bill recently. Because they're, if, they're, if they're asking you politely, they're a lot different to around here. <laughs> well, no, oh, it, that is a for a whole... The conspiracy theories, the new podcast coming up soon... So you've got to remember, Mark's from Wales. There's only two cops in the whole of Wales. Yeah, and, and they the think the whole people. bloody world revolves around them. They think, oh, you must bend to our will. You must try and give in to our bullying. You must do what we say until you know your actual rights and go, well, actually, 
that's what happens when you have a yeah an area that only has like twelve people in it. Now I, I think this is just progression, right? Again, it's not replacing the card. It's not, we're still going to have to have it somewhere in our persons or in our house. It's just another convenience. You know, some people will call it a hindrance, but most people call it convenience because yeah, there are security risks. There always will be if you lose your phone. If your phone runs out. Then you just go and get your 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 master one back at the house, for for example. I mean, it's not going anywhere. We we technology hasn't moved on so far that we can just throw all these paper things that we need to identify ourselves out the window because we're a long, long way from computers and users being infallible. Uh, we discovered tonight. So, um, sorry. my fault that all of a sudden I come in after not using my Mac for a week and all of a sudden it just breaks. I'm going to blame Apple and a software update. All, all, every, all, all these things are just, it's just the way we, it's just technology, the way it moves on bit by bit, slowly by slowly. You know, we never used to have credit it's cards. It's one more step to the actual, the, the no wallet kind of basis where you haven't got to carry a phone and a wallet. It's just all there on your phone. Well, the thing is, now that Barrow's retired, he's going to have no longer, no reason to carry a wallet around with him. I mean, would you be happy putting around your bus pass and your driver license onto your phone? Um, like like everyone said, it, it, at, at the moment, it's a convenience thing, and it would be it would be convenient. You can say, well, you know, I can I can start to leave this stuff at home, and as you get more and more cashless, you can go down that route. But I think my 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 issue, my potential issue with this is that. If it's a convenience for the end user right now, but how long before it becomes a convenience for the authorities in so much as, well, you know what, all the integration we're doing with your 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 phone and potentially you know, you know, CarPlay and all this sort of stuff and GPS and breathalyzer apps, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to start getting to a point where you're going to say, well, you know what, you're, we're going we're gonna to have uh, the DVLA app and when your when your GPS in your phone tells us that you've broken the speed limit, we'll automatically put those points on your license for you. They've already asked for that. That was <laughs> really requested. Yeah, well, yeah, we, yeah. We are was, sort of there oh. now. Um, in the AA app, if you break down, it will tell you, or at least it should do, but it hasn't bloody worked for me yet, that it should say, oh, you break down, you still have to call them to report a breakdown because the app doesn't work, and you can update your location there. But it will also now show you the MOT status of your car. So that information now is kind of leaked out and becoming third party. But are we really surprised that data is going to be banded around more? I mean, there was that story, what was it, last week, that a couple of the NHS uh, NHS trusts gave over all of that medical information to Google. So are we really surprised now? Are we Have we gone too far to try and say, well, as Carl says, do we have any right to privacy? I mean, it all depends, right? Uh, there's, there's, you can look at it two ways. You can look at it, oh, all these companies have got my information. And if they give you nothing in return, then that's obviously wrong. If it's more like Google and, okay, you give them, granted, a lot of information, but in return, they give you some wonderful services. Now, some people are of the opinion, well, tough. I'd rather pay a premium price and have my, my information secret. But that doesn't matter. But, but then they'll go out and they'll use their credit card and their credit card will be scanned, and everything they bought their credit card on, every time they use um, their Oyster card to go on London Underground, it's all tracked, it's all monitored, it's all like kept somewhere. I mean, you don't have to be a complete conspiracy nut. This is how they're selling this information to other people and to try and improve their services. This is just the digital age. Now, 
unfortunately, when you have that much digital information flying around all over the place, it's very hard <laughs> to track any individual unless you specifically set out to do it because you're just lost in a sea of numbers and digits and stuff. Unless it makes it very easy maybe for some of these organizations, as long as they get a warrant, I hope, to actually track you. But then, you know, I, I'm the biggest conspiracy nut going that I know, really. I mean, this is probably why Barry's went off in the tra- tra- train a, thought a minute ago, and I thought, hang on, he's been hanging out with me at the pub for far too long. Um, but I'm not that bothered, really. I don't think on an individual basis. It's when they want to... It's when they use propaganda, for example, oh, the terrorists will win, or you know, some other nonsense that they create, and they try and scare us into things. That always makes me worry, because I always think, you're trying to scare me into something. That means you're trying to hide or cover something up or hide something. Because you shouldn't have to be able, you shouldn't need to scare me. You should be able to explain the facts as they are. And I should go, hmm, yeah, that's fair enough. It's when you try and use like bombastic language and try and try and like turn the population into a load of scared, quivering jellies, that's when you're trying to sneak something you know, suspect through in my eyes. And that's when I pay more attention. Um, so, but it's just the world we live in. We do live in a digital world now. It's, it, you can be, you can go back and, and live in a forest somewhere, but you won't have much fun unless you like living in the forest and eating squirrels. You can, but I, I won't be joining you because I see the advantages of all this stuff and what it gives us. Um, and I'm, I'm willing to accept some of the trade-offs just like I get from living in, in, in an industrial age in a city. I, I get, I get advantages rather than living in, you know, the back end of nowhere. There's advantages. There's also disadvantages for living in the city, but you have to take them both on board. The disadvantages of living in the middle of nowhere is that I seem to go for an iMac every year and also surge protector you need. You need um well, you need Bluetooth squirrels. Yes. <laughs> Bluetooth squirrel, yeah, peer to peer squirreling. <laughs> yeah. Our next topic is, why does my Mac not tell me that my mouse is about to run out? Matt, over to you. Do you have notifications switched on? Yes. Yeah, Are mine you sure? Just down to mine tells me when it says it's running down, yeah. just before it actually gets to 50%, when it gets to 20%, just before it dies, and literally as it dies. I love talking to Mark, because he comes up with some of the weirdest things I've ever heard. And <laughs> you I wait till I segue into done this. That? You wait to this, this next Earthway. So, Matt, anyway, thank you for those directions. And speaking of directions, EasyJet are going to start selling smart sneakers. They're going to use your iPhone or your device's GPS to help you navigate around the city, uh, presuming that you've obviously got data there, by vibrating. I'm getting I, that. Sorry, sorry, Mark. I didn't mean to interrupt. Can I just say sneakers? It's because it's an American story. I had to. You said to be more accommodating to Matt and not take the mickey no, out of his I've short never, arms. I've never said that. I've never, ever, ever, ever said be more accommodating to Matt. <laughs> In Blighty, our low-cost budget airline, the Easy of the Jet, are going to smart start smel- selling <laughs> smart start <footwear>. smelling. <laughs> this podcast smells of something. They're going to be called Sneak Airs. God, where, what? One thing I'm intrigued on this is when you walk down the street and you have to turn left, they make your feet kind of just turn as you go. No, they they'll vibrate. Now get this: your left foot buzzes if you want. If you meant to turn, can you guess? 
It's a device that's placed into a pair of trainers and synchronized with a mobile app to tell you via a code of vibrations which way to turn, whether you have to adjust your course or if you've reached your destination. So forget your mobile and map and get on with enjoying the city. The device transmits the directions you need inside each of your shoes. The device is built with open source hardware, a miniaturized Arduino clone, and an integrated low energy Bluetooth module to connect with your smartphone. Is this a good idea or April 4? Or do you think this is aimed at the texters so they don't even have to oh, actually yeah. look up April where they're going? In May. No, I did. I did actually, when this story came through and the video, see, the story was written on the 13th of May. But I thought, I thought, when's, when's the video done? Because sometimes you get people who are lazy and they just don't see things as when they're meant to come out. And then they suddenly say something. Like I, I saw, I saw, I sent actually, I think I sent it to Mark. I saw a story the other day that said Apple Pay comes to the UK. Yeah. <laughs> and we uh, both looked at it and went, hang on, this was printed last year and this is new news? No, it was, it was new news. Whoever obviously stuck it into their content management system had stuck the wrong scheduled date release on it and put it a year later, which was quite funny. But uh, yeah, anyway, so these little shoes have little vibrators in them, uh, which hook up to your Bluetooth. Again, doesn't have to be an iPhone. It can be Android too. Um, uh, and what about used, Windows Phone? Let's, let's Windows, give it. It, it said a load of like, different phones, as long as they do Bluetooth, and they can use Google Maps. Got to cater for the minorities on this podcast. Oh, no, hang on. If they're using Google Maps, it won't be on Windows because Google refused to make any of their apps available for Windows. Really? Phone. Windows phone, yeah. There was a, I mean, unless they've changed their stance, there was a big hoo-ha, and Windows were blaming, uh, and, sorry, Microsoft were blaming Google for one of their failings of the Windows phone. It's because Google refused to make any apps for, for the device. Yeah, well, they make none of them available to it. Well, that's pretty much a moot point now, isn't it? <laughs> considering Microsoft has just sold the Nokia division now, or their phone division to Foxconn. You know who bought it? Foxconn. Yeah. No, yeah, and uh, they're going to lease the name Nokia back. So you're going to have proper Nokia phones with Android, proper Android on it, like so they can put all the Google stuff on. So this so is actually can... the death knell then of the Windows 10 on a mobile device, then really? Well, possibly no. They've still yeah. got their um, really. They've still got the Surface and things like that, haven't they? But yeah, it looks like Windows Phone is basically done as, as far as they're concerned. Uh, at least their their own personal models. My one question with these sneakers, do they only come in orange? Well, this, this, is, what, this is what I was going to direct to Barry, because obviously Barry's now going into pasture now. Is this of any interest to you, or would it just be the fact it's not a set of slippers to be able to shop around Hang on, he's in? changing career. He's not taking being taken outside to be shot because he's out too old. <laughs> well, he pretty much is at the end of the road now, isn't he? I mean, would you prefer a set of um, sneaky Cleaning. slippers? I've, got, I've actually got an interview next week to be a shepherd. <laughs> Down the road all the uh, all the meat and sex I could ever hope for. Oh. <laughs> well, we have got a very good lycra glove store right here as well. <laughs> Shocker! So I hope you've got no Welsh listeners. So what do you this, mean? I'm this... broadcasting from Wales. They should be proud. I'm supporting the tradition of the. Yeah, so the next one. So I, I can't. Now. I, I can't think of a more ridiculous idea than this. Really? You get on a plane. And you're going to buy a pair of buy a pair of shoes, really? Come well, you'll on, be, you'll be able to buy them before checkout because they won't carry them on the plane. They'll probably be waiting there at the end. I, I've got this imagination of you know when you go into a bowling place and you've got the woman there who sprays all the shoes and you just oh. wonder what sort of fungal <laughs> infection oh, she's got underneath her fingernails. I actually saw a woman once working in a bowling place 
bite her nails, do some shoes, then bite her nails again. Oh, oh man. Apologies one... if you are eating your tea at this time. There is one problem still at the moment. Uh, they're only a prototype anyway, but I'm sure they'll fix this. Uh, it says the battery but, life is only three hours at the moment. But, but they, they use the GPS on your phone. Yes. Which you might have in your hand. Yes. So, no, unless but, so their the spill is, because you're walking around, you know, one of the, say, a European city, where it's got fantastic architecture and loads of things, pretty picturesque things to look at, the last thing you want to do is to be keeping, constantly looking at your phone. So you can, like, buy it indirectly, just the same as an Apple Watch, by it tapping you on the wrist, but in this case, tapping you on the heels, it will tell you to go left or right, or if they both start buzzing, it says you've gone the wrong way and you have to backtrack a little bit. Uh, and it gives you three buzzes when you've reached your destination, which I always find great when it says you've reached your destination. I know, <laughs> it's right there. But, uh, yeah. but so, laces are extras. You've got to buy laces separately. But, they don't come as part of the actual package. And nine times out of ten, if you want to go to one destination, it will take you somewhere else and say you're close by. <laughs> it does. It is weird that it's EasyJet that came up with this idea. I never would have thought they would. Do you know, do you know what else I keep thinking of about? about it's that joke that um, Lister tells in Red Dwarf about the, snip, the shoes that go off on their yeah. own because they get bored of just going to the pub and back. But, you know, and then once they get so depressed that they jumped in the river uh, and the guy got really depressed about it, but it's okay because the priest said shoes have souls. Boom boom. <laughs> not my joke. It's Red Dwarf's joke, right? If it's actually when you want to go somewhere and they stop and said, sorry, there's been delays. We can't carry on now for another four hours. Yeah. Well, at least it's not made by Ryanair. So every time you put them on or take them off, you get a blooming fanfare. What I like about these is that what I, if you were if these take off, nothing says mug me. Oh, I'm a tourist and wearing a set of orange trainers. It's like, hi, I don't know where I'm going. Let's do let's recreate the scene from Hostel Hang or on. Human Centipede. I know where you live. You don't get many tourists, but it's not orange trainers that sets the tourists apart. Believe me, I see enough of them every day. No, it's the fact that they walk in the middle of the blinking road all the time it's like well, it's a- you can tell they're from the city because like oh look at this space let's occupy it well it's also the fact that they go on our tube and they put their thing in the gates open and they just stand there looking at it yeah like because they're waiting for the special aisle for apple <laughs> pay that your so-called podcasting <laughs> colleagues told you would exist yeah so they're easy to fall <laughs> i wonder if anyone has actually put thought about putting gps in in trainers or sneakers. So, and then you have, if, if you're, you remember like the old days where if you bought a pair of brand new Nikes, you might be, uh, you might be mugged. You could have a, a Find My Sneakers app. Well, Nike did it, didn't they? Yeah, they they did put Runkeeper's actual units into their, into sneakers. You could buy the Nike running sneakers that had the Runkeeper yeah. uh, units built into it. Uh, and that was, you could track where they were, where they'd gone. And so if you ever had them stolen, you could work out where they're gone. <laughs> it like that Marauders map of Harry Potter, where you can yeah. see two <laughs> Yeah, they're two little footprints. <laughs> it's awesome. It really freaks you out when you see one foot go one way and the other foot go totally the other way. What the hell? What the hell is that one there? That would be uh, Gwendolyn. I can't believe we made this story last this long. I really can't. <laughs> well, we're a bit light on the stories due to the day that I've had today and the 40 minutes it took to get going. But speaking of going places, if you end up going to Asia, Apple have invested $1 billion, or is it billion dollars, or is it Chinese yen, in the hailing taxi service, Dido? No. Is that right? 
Oh. Uh, yeah, in, the, in, the Asian, uh, in Uber's Asian rival Dido, Apple oh. Inc. said on Thursday that it invested $1 billion in the Chinese ride-hailing service Dido, <laughs> Chuxing, a move that Apple executive Tim Cook said would help the company better understand the Chinese critical market. Because, you know, when I go, uh, Barry probably knows this, working in Barclays and all the banks, they've probably gone, you know what, that cabbie was right. I should have bought high, sold low. If you're going to get to the economic in European markets and their strongholds in the business strategy world, speak to a cabbie. Okay. Really? okay. It's not Dido, it's Diddy. Diddy, Chuxing. Did who? I've murdered, it. I've, I've murdered it just as much as Mark has. Diddy, Chuxing. Yeah. Didi currently offers a variety of transportation services in China, including taxi and private car hailing, designated drivers, and peer-to-peer products like ride-sharing. In February, the Wall Street Journal, oh Lord, reported the Chinese firm was looking to raise a total of $1 billion, maybe, we don't know, from investors in a bid to complete against the global ride-sharing technology powerhouse Uber. So does that mean that Uber are quite popular in China? <laughs> no, so what it is is the comp- the company that Apple has invested in is the largest one currently. Yeah, uh, it's it's basically it was two of the largest ride sharing companies, and they merged a couple of years ago to form this new company. Um, and that's who Apple's gone with. Um, Uber China is obviously in China, but they've only got about about eight percent market share at the moment. The rest, the other the remainder of it, is virtually all owned by this other company. Um, yeah, these guys started but, first, and then there was another yeah. little company that they've merged to. And since they've merged, they have become like yeah, they have ninety percent of it now. Yeah, so in uh, the only stat I could find uh, in May two thousand fifteen, Didi Chuxing had one point thirty five million drivers uh, operating in three hundred and sixty Chinese cities with four million daily calls for taxis. So they are huge. Now, why? I know they've got loads of money, Apple, but why would they suddenly choose to invest in that market on this in this sort of uh, uh, company? Well, of course, everyone instantly looks at supposedly they're doing a car uh, and it will give them a road in maybe if they want. No pun. <laughs> Very Sorry. good. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> Are they looking um, to drive up their market share? Yes, possibly. Oh. Possibly. God, this is awful. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird. It's kind of a kick in the face for Uber, though, because Uber's an American company, for starters. They use all iPhones for their app in the cars, as far as I've ever seen. It's always been an iPhone. Um, They lease out the iPhones and sometimes the cars to the drivers. So, you know, it's probably a bit of a kick in the face to to Uber. I mean, it's only in China, granted, but they're trying to make it big in China, Uber at the moment. Um, And Apple's just gone and given $1 billion. Now, the other here we go. The side of me and conspiracy theorists and stuff, because China's had a bit of a rocky road in China. Apple's had a bit of a rocky road in China recently, and I suddenly thought, one billion US dollars, huh? I wonder how many Chinese officials have money in this company, and Tim Cook's just given them one billion dollars investment. Well, there is a note here from uh, a Drexel Hamilton analyst, Brian White. Oh, I feel dirty. No, but this is their stuff. This so, is their. Yeah. It's not when they're talking about Apple iPhones and gun lines. Like this is their proper. This is their field of expertise. I'm willing to give it to them on this one. <laughs> what it is though, as well, if you ever go to China, it is very much like that. It's either bicycles, rickshaws, or cabs everywhere. 
And it literally is a nightmare trying to get hold of a cab when you are there, if you actually do want to do it. It's easier to get hold of rickshaw drivers and just get them to kind of just pull you along places. But then, but then that, that, you know, what, what, do we, what do we think? That, that, that raises a question of what Apple's investment is actually going to be. Is it going to be increase the number of cars there? Is it going to be, you know, I don't, I'm not getting what, what this, where this money's going, apart from, as Carla said, indicated that, you know, we, we know that Apple are not doing so well out there. And it's like, well, let's, uh, let's grease a few palms. It's uh, grease a few nuts. Yeah, part of this Builds. might just be a goodwill gesture kind of principle. Just because oh, they have so much invested out there now that, yeah, they do need to do some good PR. Well, don't forget, they did lose the iPhone trademark as well. Now, that that's probably done and dusted. But also, if you were going to do data gathering for, let's say, a car, what better place to do it in a place where you know that people are riding and hailing and trying to get to A to B, you know, in probably one of the most crowded cities around that has a modern infrastructure like China and Shenzhen, Shenzhen, that's a brilliant place to you know, say, right, we'll put down some money here. Give us all your data. Well, both those companies, like Lyft uh, in the States and, and Uber as well, and these guys over there, they all want to start looking at getting rid of the taxi driver. They, you know, Their ideal situation is an automated car that you call when you want it. It takes you to a certain place because that fixes a lot of problems. You know, all this stuff um, that you know, the black taxis in London go on about, about these people not being checked and stuff like this and these you know, long hours being worked and they're not doing the legal stuff. As soon as you, be, you have a automated car, if that's still possible, you know, I'm still not 100% convinced it is in the city. But as soon as that becomes a reality, that changes everything. You think about how many businesses are affected if you suddenly have an automated, you know, driving workforce or, you know, anyone. Lots of things suddenly go out the window. If it's cheap, buses can't go and go out a window. Trains and stuff go out the window. If you can just call a conveyance to you uh, and there's no involved and it just takes you somewhere, drops you off and then goes somewhere else, as long as something's in place to clear out all the vomit on a Saturday night, for example, because that's going to happen, um, these, these can just go all night until I need recharging and then they just go in, plug themselves in, come out and, and do some other stuff. Now, that is pure futuristic sci-fi stuff to me but i can definitely see us getting in getting there at some point maybe not in my lifetime uh the way i drink but definitely see it happening at some point and that's gonna be a massive change to the whole of society especially first world society as well because just think about how many people that will put i mean my, matt's joked about it in the past like it'll put me out of business because i'm you know i drive a, a, va- a fan effectively most of my day um and he's right but there's still someone needs to be loaded off and things need to be checked and scheduled. And, you know, it's all that. that automated robots deal with that. I know, but that will take longer. All I'm saying is once, once you start to not necessarily need as many cars on the road, all at the same time, things will change massively. And it will be interesting. All these tech companies know it. They all know it. And they, you know, it's, it's like all the other things that we've, we've lost whole industries because because technology caught up and replaced it um and this is going to be when this one hat drops it is going to be massive it's not one person who lives in a first world first world country where it will not impact and not just first but you know other countries as well because it will be perfect it'll be perfect for getting aid out to, to the middle of nowhere it'll be perfect for doing all kinds of things 
um, it's a scary prospect because in school, I remember we used to talk about things like this in school, and they'll say, oh, yeah, in the future, there'll be much more technology helping man and stuff, and it will give you much more free time. None of us sat there and questioned. You mean free time unemployed, basically, because you don't get much money for doing nothing. And if there's more and more technology things replacing the human being, well, we still need to eat. I mean, we can start using soil and grease, I suppose, but I don't particularly want to go down that route. So it is something <laughs> I hope these, these tech companies, you know, who are all multi-millionaires, I hope they are thinking of the bigger and what they're going to do with the rest of us, you know, flotsam yeah. once they take over the world. Won't be long. Sorry, mate. Won't be long before we move into the uh, the the the, yeah, the next generation, the Star Trek next generation world, where everyone will join Starfleet, and uh, you won't. Yeah, and everyone, Sports everyone stars. Gets, yeah. And everyone, everyone will have a job. They won't, they won't need, you won't yearn for material things and you'll automatically be fed. Yeah. So I, Carl, to be honest, Carl, for you, I'm surprised you haven't gone the other venture, which is like the, the, the other side of it, which is like the Google AI, like the conference they've done today about the actual, the new version two AI, which is pretty much going to be Skynet by the time it's kind yeah, of exactly. goes I live. I haven't seen any of the IO stuff because uh, okay. the show, but I'm looking forward to seeing what they come out with. Cause you know, just like, the Google, uh, sorry, the Apple announcements. I love Google I/O. It's always filled with some fascinating stuff, and you know, not maybe not all of it, but some of it's going to leak onto iOS. For example, like Google bought out Gboard just this week. It looks amazing, but it's only available to the US at the moment. It's not over here in the UK. When that comes According out, according to I, Twitter, it's going to be for Skynet launch with then T yeah T one thousand. But uh, the people, the, you know, you got. Who was it? Stephen Hawkins, Elon Musk, they all said about the scary future that we, we're going to face. But they're looking at it from the robots taking over and, and killing us and stuff like this. But I I'm, I'm, I think we're going to do it to ourselves much quicker because um, we're going to make vast sections of society absolutely useless. And, well, that never ends well. Yeah, but the one section of society that won't be uh, won't be eradicated is obviously the Apple Returns Department because Matt's still going to have a job and still be returning things. The good thing about this particular, uh, well, sorry, coming back to your point about funding people, the, the funding issue, uh, the deal isn't necessarily about the DID service today. It establishes a future alliance around tech like self-driving cars but apple and google are going head to head developing autonomous vehicles is the end game for these ride-sharing companies a move that will help them make mint money by cutting the cost of drivers and more efficiencies now just also looking at this as well uh both uh alphabet and is it baidu or baidu baidu scott bakula i'm invested in who uh uber already yep. so that probably cut apple out and apple's going well we need a slice of this as well. Possibly. I mean, you know, the market, this is a very, you know, fast changing and forming industry. And Apple's doing it in, in secret. We have no clue what they're doing. All we know is they've hired a load of people. They're working in loads of warehouses. And some of those warehouses are generating lots of noise at night. Um, we know what Google's doing because they're doing it quite publicly. Uh, you've now got Amazon sort of want, wants to get into the business. Um, I don't know. I'll tell you the truth. I have no idea what Microsoft is up to, if they've even shown an interest in, in this in this field. But it's something that they're all racing towards because it's the automated, it's basically all, all the stuff that 
will make automation happen will be computers and stuff. And if they can get in at the base, if they can make like Android and, and iOS, if they can make these systems the, 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 the bedrock of everything that's built on top of it, then they put themselves in the best position you know, moving forward. Because people will always need to travel. They'll always need to get from point A to point B. And you know, it doesn't matter what phone you use. If you you have to move, you have to travel, you have to get somewhere else. And so they're protecting their future. I don't know how close that future is, but yeah. So Barry, what with you now, you know, looking having to get a new job and potentially, you know, having just to go down to your local supermarket to buy a newspaper and come back, so that'll be a day's out entertainment for you now that you head towards retirement. <laughs> Would you be happy taking a driverless bus? No, I'd walk. I've seen I've seen Wally. I know what happens. In speed as well. <laughs> you go into the paper shop, come out, and suddenly the entire planet has deserted you. Yeah. It, it'll be one of those. You know, it it will be. You know, it, they, they, yeah, the big the big saying is you're only as good as your only as good as your last mistake, and that's what it will be. Every everyone will be. This technology is amazing until we soon have a head on. And it's like, oh my God! Bring back bus drivers, bring back everything, you know, and bring back a manual process, and then you'll start the cycle again. And then yeah. tech, you know, and tech will improve, and at some point, it will become fully automated. But I think that's a long, long way off. How far do you think we? Is, what I would really like to know, to put everything in, into perspective, is: has is anyone used that? Tesla sort of automated driving doohickey thing? Or has anyone had a test drive with that at all? Because I'd really like to know what that's, what that's like now, because that, you know, we weren't talking about this sort of technology probably two years ago, and here it is now and usable every day. Has anyone tried it and used it? I'm looking at Matt uh-huh. here, he's bound to have. Go yeah. on, Matt, what, what is it like? So describe um, it's that lovely. moment. It, it, of, it works perfectly, but it's terrifying when you're kind of going at about 60 miles an hour and you take your hands off the steering wheel to let it take over properly. So you can and actually you take in- your hands off the steering wheel. You don't have to have this thing of... Yeah, if you if you grab the steering wheel, it turns off. So it's a safety feature built in the sensors in the actual steering wheel. So as you grab the wheel, it re-engages back to you. But so- it's when you indicate to change lane, because you indicate to change lane and then the car does it. And that Ooh. that's a terrifying moment, obviously. So how does a car know that you're not, say, uh, well, probably Barrett's case, adjusting your flask of uh, of soup to take to the supermarket? How do you, how do you, so what is this, what is the car doing to monitor you to say that you're not asleep or you've not climbed into the back seat to have a snooze or anything like that? Wait, yeah, it, it, firstly, you've got to be in the chair, in the seat, in the driving yeah. seat. If you get out of that, it will, it will not work. You can fake it by putting something else in the seat, apparently. And people have been shown doing that on YouTube. But every now and again, it will check that you're there. It will just lay, like touch the wheel and, and things like this. But uh, you know, I'm, I, I haven't done it for real because I'm a poor person, so I'm never going to get a chance to do it. You can but, still uh, go and try one. Book a test drive. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to get Matt to do it so I can go with him because I don't want to take one. If up. you want me to do another one, I will set one up because right. you can do a standard three-hour test drive. Okay, so if you do that, we'll film it and we'll put make a little show of it and we'll put that on YouTube. Fine, I will sort something out. Once, I, once my back's back to normal, I will sort something out and then, yes, we'll actually put some together. 
Excellent. Right. So, on that note, gents, I think we could take a small break here and head over to John Nemo at the MyMac.com website. John's got some more bits and bobs for us this week from his Nemo's hardware store. So, John, over to you. We have some good iPad cases and stands and keyboards and screen protector glass covers for iPads and maybe even something for the iPhone this week on the shelves of Nemo's hardware store. So thanks for listening every week and a good job to the gang for our new show format. Two companies that are represented are UAG and LAUT, Urban Armor Gear and Lout. Urban Armor Gear has a very attractive, colorful, bright red folio case for the iPad. The model I have here is for the iPad Air 2 for the full-size iPad. It's extremely durable. It has an ingenious magnetized snap cover. So when the folio is closed, you close it. But unlike the Apple Smart Cover, this one does it one even better. It has a magnet that wraps around onto the back and is both loose and firm, so it's got plenty of gripping. On the front face, protecting the glass, it's a very soft, velvety cover that goes on your precious glass. That's on the inside. Then on the outside, there's a knurled red, sort of like a heavy-duty rubber tire, but it's not thick. It's it's strong without being thick. Very attractive, very impact-resistant. Then on the back, it says UAG for Urban Armor Gear. When I gently pull the back segment away from the hinged area, I have infinitely adjustable viewing angles in the horizontal landscape mode. Not convenient in the portrait mode, but that's what you expect pretty much from these folio-style cases, aside from the ones that have the swiveling hinge. I'll have the prices for all of these at the end of my report. So this is the UAG Urban Armor Gear, designed for iPad Air 2, and it's a military standard 810G 516.6, drop-tested, easy-access, adjustable stand, featherlight, water-resistant, smart cover, and impact-resistant. It does not cover the camera or the holes or the ports, so don't take it scuba diving or body surfing, but as far as regular protection for most spills, and most impact. This is a attractive and very lightweight, extremely durable, impact-resistant case and cover for your iPad Air 2. And check and see if they have it for the other models also. I wouldn't be surprised if Urban Armor Gear has it for the other models of the iPad. So we'll have the links in our show notes for this and the other products so you can check them out and see what the companies have on their websites. LAUT does it one better. It's also a folio case. It's also bright red. It uses the smart cover method of closing. It doesn't have that wraparound strap magnet closing. Comes with a plastic screen protector with instructions. And it also comes with a little microfiber cleaning cloth. iPad snaps into the shell like a typical iPad case. Snaps right into the rubberized, rigid, but somewhat flexible and strong shell. And then you close the lid to protect it. And again, the ports and the holes are exposed along the edges and the sides. So is the camera on the back. However, this particular product, which is called the Revolve Versatile Multi-Angle Rotating Stand Case, 
for iPad Air, multi-angle viewing, durable impact resistant casing, auto on-off cover feature, screen guard included. They call it the natural evolution of intelligent iPad casing solutions because it features a slim rotating polycarbonate casing. For those of you who've been following me and my reviews for my Mac and other podcasts, I love iPad cases that revolve and swivel so that you can use the multiple viewing angles in both horizontal and vertical, both in landscape and portrait mode. So even though the UAG has a little bit more military-grade protection, if I were recommending one over the other, the LAUT would be my first choice because of that versatility of revolving. Well done, both companies, but extra points to LAUT for the revolve. Cheers, John, and thank you once again for taking time out of your very busy schedule to do another roundup of your marvellous gear for us. As always, you'll be able to find information, notes, and links to the vendor's websites in the show notes at the bottom of this podcast. Play, uh, bottom of this podcast. Uh, if you're fine, you've got a, uh, a podcast player that will show HTML links. I'll try that again. <coughs> Thank you, John, once again for taking time out of your busy schedule to show us some things from your hardware store. And as always, you'll be able to find a link to this in our show notes at the bottom of the website. If you go to essentialapple.com, click on podcast at the top, you get links to the actual people who make the stuff and also our Amazon affiliate link. And yes, this is the bit where I try and persuade you to click on our Amazon affiliate link, go through Amazon, buy something. It doesn't have to be what we've mentioned on the show, but it would be rather good if you did. And we'll get a very small kickback to buy some gear, and believe me, after running an hour late, I'm in, I'm in some severe need of, a, I think, a mixer and maybe a microphone or whatever. But that's not the point. Just using our Amazon link helps us out, and we really, really appreciate it. Right, our next story is about the BBC here in good old Blighty. The BBC are set to launch a Netflix flicks-style subscription for their BBC iPlayer service. The BBC is to push ahead with plans to launch a British rival to Netflix after getting the go-ahead from the government to develop a new subscription streaming service, thus closing a loophole for us here in the UK of not needing a TV licence to view some content on the iPlayer. Now, in the UK, we obviously have iPlayer. You can view content as long as it's not being shown on the TV at the same time broadcast i should say as long as a repeat isn't being broadcast at the same time and providing you haven't recorded it so anything that you're not watching in the present tense you can watch and by the way handy hint here if you are around the world and you do want to go and rip some bbc iplayer programs there's a brilliant program called get bbc iplayer which will be in the show notes over essentialapple.com and that will let you download shows but i didn't tell you that well, not for much longer. It, it's been working for a while. It, be, it will be interesting to see how it works because they might just add a thing to say, well, uh, enter your username and password to get around well, that's, it. That is exactly how it's going to work. The Tories, um, this particular bunch of Tories, anyway, um, have got a real downer on the BBC uh, for whatever reason. Um, it's politically, the go- Tory government has always been a lot more harsher, I believe, on, on the BBC. But then Labour governments have also had their rouse room as well. Now they're saying the um, the guy who is it? sorry John uh, name is completely gone. Da, da, da. 
all frantically scanning the messages now. John Whittendale, <laughs> the culture secretary. See look how much, how well I know our MPs at this point in time. What a shower. Anyway, but so he's basically saying that the BBC, because they're doing a big reshuffle at the moment, their the license things have come up again because they're. They don't actually work for the government, but it's funded through taxation, a form of taxation which we call here in the UK um, the, 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 the uh, television license. And basically, this is a, a set amount of money that the government sets, as far as I'm aware. Uh, we all pay if we own a television, uh, and then that gets and then that gets used to fund the BBC for all their things. They've also got some other revenue streams, like stuff they sell for other countries and things like this. But the main chunk of the money still comes from the taxpayer. So what the Tories are basically saying is things need to change. Um, firstly, they don't, they don't want more money, is what you're saying. Well, well, they don't necessarily want more money. They want to try and strip the... So they want for the BBC to, instead of just now, at the moment, you click on iPlay, you go in, wherever you want to watch, you can start streaming. They now want everybody to have, who has a TV license, a username and password. So they have to log in with their own details. Now, how's that going to work? You know, would it only be one person allowed? How many people a household? And, you know, all that old gubbins will get involved. But this will also mean if you're a foreign national and you try and get into our iPlayer, it will not let you because you will not have a valid username and password. However, I'm sure there'll be for Sal out there somewhere on the Internet, as all, all things are. But... um. So what will happen is you'll enter your details and then it will still be the 30-day window where you can watch whatever you want. But then for an additional fee, apparently, the BBC will keep things going and you could just tune in at a later date and continue to watch them just like you can on Netflix. Now, the only problem with that is, as I said, part of the other thing of this white paper is and, and the, what the Tories are saying is they no longer want the BBC to make popular programmes. Because that should be the domain of commercial channels. <laughs> because commercial channels have to make their own money and they have to be commercially viable to exist. Whereas the BBC is funded by the populace and so they don't necessarily have to make um, popular channels, even though they do. So what they want them to do is stop making popular channels so the other, the other companies get a fair shake of the whip. But then after 30 days, they want the BBC to have to charge people... <laughs> to watch these unpopular channels or shows um, because that will like help them make up any sort of losses they make to the changes that they make to the TV license. So basically, it will probably mean in a few years there'll be no more BBC free for everyone. You'll have to pay in some way because they would have no popular content to sell to anyone else around the world because they've been forced to make non-popular TV shows. Which, One. although technically you already are made to pay for it because you have to pay for it for your TV license. Which is what has how you get access to it. But they will not be making popular shows because they will be forced to make unpopular shows. So the companies <laughs> like ITV and whoever else, Sky and whatnot, can make the popular shows and make the money. Sounds fair. The BBC have been looking for more revenue streams in the last few years. What were their magazines and more recently putting all of their content onto iTunes? Now, I wonder if this will mean we'll get something like The Walking Dead, where you can buy a season pre-pass. So technically, could we end up in a world where you could say The Great British Bake Off, you could buy a season pass and it will download the show straight away for a small fee? 
Because they're not be, they won't be allowed to make it because that's a popular show. ITV will get to make it. Because they have the money to fund it. <laughs> but who's in charge of programming? I know you know, there, there's probably a load of theories about this, but you, you, you're, you're, the, where does the BBC's mandate actually come from? It is the, you know, the, his salary is paid, you know, director of programs, his salary is paid by the licence fee, I would assume. Yeah, which is then still controlled overall by the government. Yeah, it's it's very complicated and it's very, you know, a lot of people outside the UK look at our little setup and they, you know, they see the BBC as the government propaganda machine. And I can understand why they see that, see it that way, because it's funded by taxes, which is given to them by the government. But let's be honest, when it comes to news, it is. Uh, it's the uh, that Channel 4 news is kind of such a different environment to everything else. It's, it's the only no, one that isn't government funded. It's... What? So, the, <laughs> so the only other way is going to be then you, you say, well, you 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 have your your streaming service, but then you you just allow the BBC to to bring in use advertising. No, you can, right. So this is where everything changes. You if if the BBC becomes an advertising channel, then that's it. They're just going to turn into another ITV. ITV plummeted. Uh, you know the quality of their stuff. In, back in the old days, plummeted when they had to do that, when all their subsidies were taken away from them and they had to fund themselves through commercial. And even to this day, they still get money from, I think, BC actually to a certain extent. But um, mm. but it's, 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 it's very tricky to see what's happening here because it's very easy for people who don't like the BBC to paint it paint it as the wrongdoer because they'll bring out, oh, look at, you know, we're paying, they're paying Graham Norton god knows how many millions and stuff like this and 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 they're wasting money and i'm sure there is a lot of wastage at the bbc but the point is it's 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 one of our crown jewels and you can look at it and say no it isn't because you know we got sky tv for example and and sky's got all the football and it's got all the f1 stuff and and they do news and so why should we that paid by advertising if they someone advertises on their channel then as we have got into discussion last week then you cannot trust that channel anymore right because they are not going to show you any bad stuff related to anyone who spends advertising revenue with them the fact that we have the bbc in this country and they don't necessarily have to do that it makes them able to go after stories and you know they still got some of the best news men and women out there and because they make a story a story then the likes of sky and itv news and all these other for, uh, news channels and newspapers have to also follow the story if the bbc there wasn't there acting as a beacon i believe personally then you know these other companies could just ignore this oil tanker off, off the coast of cornwall that's suddenly leaking and the rest of us might not necessarily hear about it because there's no one to tell us because that oil company owns ITV through some subsidiary of some subsidiary and it comes down we don't want that media getting out there I know it's paranoid and I know I'm probably not explaining well, it that, to be honest that's pretty much the way the BBC used to work that's no. not the way it works so much these no, days no way yeah, no I'm way. serious yeah because even with the news basis a lot of those actual reporters are independent reporters that for independent companies that then give their stories to the BBC and the BBC pay for I know because I work for a couple of them um 
And yeah, these days it isn't so much like that's more the kind of the way it used to run before BBC kind of actually before the new BBC House kind of changed and the way a lot of the bits are being done. Over the last couple of years or so, a lot of that has kind of changed a bit. So yes, they do to an extent they do lead the actual front, but also in the same sense, they are also certain things are kind of done in a different twist and alterations and bits. Okay. Well, okay. Well, we we can argue about this at a later date. But but all I'm saying is it's it. They look like this. The government is currently trying to strangle the BBC for whatever reason. I don't know why. Because they give the opposition just as much much of a kicking when they're in power. There's you know when this lot are in power, uh, it really doesn't matter. They do kind of but stay if, fair and independent. But, but if, if you. I mean, think you know, if you if you took away if you said to the BBC, well, you know what, you're going to have to raise your own revenue, then granted, the, the government will find an excuse. They'll say, well, but we need to leave the we need to leave the TV license fee in place because you're using um, you're using British airspace to uh, to receive your signal or some such garbage. But what, what's to, it's either you, you know, the, the, is the government trying to have it both ways then? Are they saying that, you know, you. Yes, you know, That's just ridiculous. They always, they always do. I don't mind, I don't mind the, us having usernames and passwords. I'd just like to see the small print. Um, you know, if, if it comes to the fact that they want to charge us a subscription model rather than the TV license things, then, you know, or we'll take a hit. The TV license will take a hit, but then we'll have to pay, you know, 30 whatever it is what's, what's netflix seven quid seven quid a month we have to pay something yeah. like that i don't know that all these all i know is they've just said they've got to change this they want to close they're calling it a loophole because they're saying oh it's not fair because all the people with tv license get to see it for free well chase up the people who haven't got a tv license and don't try and make me t- you know believe that some wally with a little handheld unit can turn up on your door and detect you've got a telly on and you haven't got a house that was the biggest load of nonsense ever <laughs> the TV detector van was the biggest scam ever going, and it just shows sometimes what a bunch of idiots we are. Wasn't, that, wasn't the myth behind that was they were they had a list of people like in the street who had a television or did not have a television, so it was basically a sound detector van. So they drive past your house, point the thing into your, your door. No, no, no? It, was, it was basically that just was a the, list. that was the whole thing of it. Basically, they had the census, which listed every house, every address, and every kind of name. And went okay. That one's got it. That one's got it. That one's got it. That one hasn't. No. Hmm. And, and send somebody you, around to have a look. Exactly. And if you didn't let them in, that was it. There was nothing they could do about it. And that was the big. But because we came from an age of seventies, we was all like gentle people, and we trusted. You know, the whole world was to be trusted and stuff. If some official, vicious-looking person came to your house and said, "I'm with blah blah blah," you let them in. <laughs> so that's changed a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Try it these days. <laughs> It'll be interesting. I, 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 it doesn't make it doesn't fill me with confidence. I don't mind the idea of signing in so you can use iPlayer and stuff like this. I'm just waiting to see them say, "Oh, well, now you're paying for this. We don't need the TV license anymore." And I wouldn't put it past this government. Um, yeah, I'm not going to. Actually, get I think with iPlayer, that anyway, if you want to do it so you can download content to kind of use on your iPad, you have to set up an account and download the content. No. Well, do you? Yeah, but I, don't, I think it's yeah. more to identify a, a device more than anything else. It's not. It's to identify device. the device and the, con- and the country. Yeah, basically. well, okay. yeah. that's not that's not what they're. They no, this is the next step point. 
I think the issue we've got here was what with Barry, you know, coming to the you know coming to the end of his pasture. Is he, you know, how is he feeling now that he's not going to get his free TV license anymore? Uh, as a pension, I'll still get a letter like from it. the Queen. Okay, I'll get some sort of discount. I'm, I'm going to spend going to spend all my time on the bus on the, on the automated bus with my free bus pass. It's also interesting they released a little graphic as well with it. In 2009, 97% of households had a TV. And in that time, there was only 722 only, 722 million iPlayer TV requests. In 2015, 94.9% of people have TV, uh, own a TV set. So it's dropped like 2, 2.1%. And now they receive 2,870 2, million iPlayer TV requests. <laughs> so we've lost tellies, but they're getting far more requests. But that's, I, I expect that to happen because we're watching on more devices. It's just TVs now. On a serious note here, I mean, Barry, you're the, you're the most family-centric of us all here. How much of your uh, household viewing is live TV and how much it is streaming, would you say? Because you've got you've wife and kids as well, as it? Yeah. I would say it's probably 80-20 with 20 being live TV. Because, but then I, I'm not, I, I don't consider myself to be an average TV viewer because I, I can't stand reality. Or soaps. Or soaps. I, I'll, I think... There's 90% um, of live TV gone then. Yeah, yeah it's just, you know, it, it, uh, the, the vast majority of it is rubbish anyway. It's It's just not, not something I, I, I like to sit in front of. I, Not I like it remember. was back in your day. Oh no, no we we had we had three, two, one. We had bullseye. I thought you were going to say we had three channels in my day. <laughs> Dusty bin. <laughs> we did. We, we did. We did. I, I even I remember um, when it used to be between on a Saturday between nine and half past nine, where it would just go black because it was all localized antennas and stuff waiting for Starfleet to come on the TV. I think that might have just be where you were, Mark. No, this was near I mean, That was a Wales thing. That was a Wales, that was a Welsh thing, I think. And there goes the last Welsh listener. If you'd yeah, like to get the sheep out and feed it before they kind of put it back into the turn wheel to kind of get the energy going again to kind of you know, feed the signal. And if there is anyone from Welsh listening, just remember that Matt is Canadian and he can get a hold of him <laughs> at the end of the show. Right, chaps, are we gonna do one more story about India, seeing as we've been on the bounce with them now for the last four weeks? No, because there's not one it's in not the, the show notes. There is. Oh, no, there isn't. Yes, there is. Travelling Tim. Well, one. okay, so that's just appeared. So you'd have to give us five minutes to go and read it and stuff. <laughs> Tim Cook's visiting India. There we are. Let's cover that one. It's just, yeah, I, we yeah. were on a roll with India stories, so I thought, well, we might as well just put it in. You know, it was last, but that was last week, don't you? Yeah. No, this is, if you look at the link, which goes to Reuters. No, 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 no. You said Reuters. we were on a roll with India. That was last week. Hang on, Barry would say we were data talking or about data. China this week, Sorry. not India. Uh, yeah, last week we were talking about India. It's in the show notes. If that, hang on. I've got to go and look at that Reuters news organisation. <laughs> We've got a router in a router. So what's the difference? Oh, I don't trust those Reuters. It's like Barry was around when we used to have data, not data. <laughs> no, both are valid. It's still data. Yeah. From the... <laughs> News syndication website that's very popular and that begins with R. Apple Inc. will set up a software lab in India to help Indian startups and developers working on the company's iOS platform. Apple said hours after 
executive, sorry. Apple said hours after Chief Executive Tim Cook began his first official visit to the country. So they are trying to uh, really encroach into these markets, aren't they? China and India. And there seems to be a lot of effort going into them. Because they're cheap. Why would you? Because they're developing countries. It's the next step. You You go for big countries that are kind of just stepping into technology and you get in early on so you can help them develop and you could expand that market. Well, that's that's another reason as well. So you got they recently appointed a new guy in charge of Apple operations over there, Sanjay Kool or Kohl. Um, not sure how you pronounce Kohl. it. We, you know, we we on episode one, I think we did a story about how you know they're getting hit pretty hard. They got refused to be able to sell secondhand iPhones in India, for example, because they were not made in India. All the other companies kicked up a stink, and rightly so. Everyone agreed that you know right on. So they are. With Foxcom as well, this was announced last week, they are actually going to build a massive plant over in, over in India, and that will fix that first problem. So when it comes online, it will now be made in, in, in India, and they can do, start doing whatever they want. Now, those other companies that kicked up the fuss are going to have a bit of a harder time keeping Apple out when they are actually made in, they're doing part of that made in India, or make in India, I think they're calling it, um, that process, it'll be much harder for them to try and stop that juggernaut once it enters in. So, you know, so if they're doing the hardware and now they've got a software division also opening up, that makes perfect sense because, as we said on that episode, um, they, that is a massive market. They're, they are looking at such big growth. If they can get their prices down, if they can supply those markets with an iPhone, not necessarily the latest one, but if they go in and they've got people working there and they're, they're part of the infrastructure and things like this they can sell this cheaper uh, model just like they do to the other countries like where they'll offer a 5s for example and it'll be like literally nothing you just have to pay for the carrier stuff they could be able to offer that to this new to this new market and india has literally just got lte um um, um carrier service Signal. over Signal. There. yeah, yeah so now once that starts to propagate and once that starts to get wider once more more other companies come online and offer the same services then the you know the indian population will be able to take advantage of that with these newer smartphones uh and the iphone will is obviously you know the choice at handset for most of the world i know android beats it on numbers but you know still the dedication to people use iphones is still very strong and you know they want these devices maybe not every single person in a country wants an iphone but then apple doesn't need every single person they just need a significant amount to want an iphone and it tends to be you know i hate to say this but obviously it tends to be people who are richer through the sheer fact of how much they charge for their devices and if they can sew up that market in india it's just as it's, it's going to be just as viable as the U.S. market, as the British market, as the German market, as all these other markets because they go for the high end, and they let all the other guys, all the Android guys or the Windows guys, fight it out at the bottom where the margins are minuscule. Apple doesn't need to worry so much um, about how many they sell because the ones that they do sell are selling at such an inflated price compared to the others. And it doesn't end there, as Tim Cook says on his, his call on his, um, when he was on that Mad Money thing the other week. Once you get an iPhone, you then lead you onto various other services. And it might even introduce you to a Mac, an iPad, because once you get in and you see how it works, and if you like it, it's very hard to then leave because... It's a gateway device. It is a gateway device. And I know people out there who absolutely refuse to use Apple stuff 
for purely political reasons. And I was the same. I can perfectly understand it. It, was, it wasn't me that bought an iPhone originally. It was my brother. And it's only because he asked me to sell it up and develop, like, get it ready for him that I fell in love with the device over a course of a morning. It was the most... I, couldn't, I went from a complete Apple hater to Apple lover. And it was weird because I showed Barry... And he went. He basically went. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and it, it took him a while to come on board. But well, Barry went the other way round, didn't he? He kind of started with a Mac and then went to no, a phone. He started with an iPad. iPad. Ah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But it, once you get it, you get it. And it's it's. And they like I say, they're going to India. They're going to China. These are huge, huge, huge markets, virtually untapped. Well, China not necessarily. So well, much. India's untapped because India. So India is the third largest kind of actual mobile so, place in the world now. So they're not going to be their biggest source of revenue next year. But, you know, in a few years' time, once they're online and their Foxconn factory's working and their software house is working and they're employing loads of people and they can sell rightly just along with everyone else in India, um, they're going to be just as powerful as anyone else. And it's going to be another market for them. It's going to be another stream of revenue for them. And not just for handsets, but everything, for the services, for the other devices out there. And... It's something that they can do. This is what their war chest and all their money spread around the world can do. They can go into markets and go, okay, we're just going to buy a whole factory. We, we and Foxconn are going to buy a whole factory. Foxconn is looking at automating their factories. They might not even employ that many people compared to how many they've got back in China, for example, because they might use it as to try and build the biggest autom- automated factory they, they can buy or build. Um, but it doesn't matter because there'll be few fulfilling that law that India passed where you have to make things in India to sell it in India. And what you've got to remember is Apple don't buy things and do things for now. They do things for two, three, four, five years down the line. It's always that plan ahead. And yes, India is a new market in the mobile technology at the moment, but it's going to expand and it's going to develop. So you get in early, you plan on that basis. And when it does get to that point where it it does accumulate and it hits, you're already there. You're already entangled with it. For me, the most interesting part of this story has been the fact that it's it's been in the Apple News now for five, sorry, four to five weeks in a row. Now, when was the last time there has been such a public awareness or a PR campaign or, you know, Apple have been this consistent with promoting something like, you know, like India. I mean, the China story is a China story that's been going on for a while, but it, there's never been anything as consistent. Uh, yeah, there was. When no, Apple think, first went into the Chinese market. Yeah, it was that. Kind of also, I, th- I think you're, you're, you're looking at it through a different way because the first couple of stories we did were nothing to do with Apple. They were just Apple related. They were involved. Um, it was like the, every phone has to have this call for help thing on it. And then there was the fact that Apple were told they can't sell. It wasn't Apple pushing out those new stories. It was happening to Apple. Um, it's just that this one that they've gone in and said, okay, we're going to, here's our new operations guy. We're now going to do a factory. We're now going to do a software house. And yeah. that's how so they started in China as well. They had the same kind of basis. It's just yeah. they weren't as big then. So obviously it wasn't as reported as much. Whereas we don't, we don't have to do it here. They don't have to build something in Britain to sell it in Britain. So. No. If anything, that probably turn people off in this country. Yeah, I mean, Lord forbid we actually have a, you know, something that we do make, manufacture and export, but that's for an entirely different show and an entirely different soapbox. So let's move on then to Worth a Chirp.
Um, yeah, so I've got two devices this week. Um, if you want to go and head over to our brand new YouTube channel as well, you can see me using them. So this is the Twist, Twist Grip and Pixie Tripod from Manfrotto. Uh, Twist Grip is 40 quid and the Pixie Tripod is... I've seen it go for 15 quid on Amazon currently. So that's like 10 quid cheaper than its actual woodless price. And all it is is the Twist Grip is um, a, a, a clamp, basically, for your phone. Now, there's lots of cheap clamps out there. Uh, right, you know, and some of them do something similar, but not exactly what the twist clamp does. And what the twist clamp does is not only has it got the screw at the bottom, so you can mount it to a tripod or a monopod or you know something like that. It's also got a cold shoe on the front, on the top, so you can slide that out and slide in like say a microphone, a mounted microphone, or an LED little panel. So, so you can just create this little. Um, assortment of technology and use it to film and stuff and no matter what anyone says about how what kind of photos the camera takes the fact that the video stuff on it i just think it's awesome i've always had a preference of video over photography and i just love it because you can fold up the pixie tripod fold all the legs down and it acts as a very great a very handy grip and it keeps it very stable so rather than like holding the phone at its edges or just one edge and it goes all wobbly, you just literally hold onto the tripod and grip it and you can just move it around and it stays pretty solid uh, and it, sh- it can help you shoot some really smooth video and stuff. And uh, I just love it. And if you, like I say, if you want to check it out, we've now got a YouTube channel, which I hope Mark will link to, uh, and you can go and see it in action. It is, a, and I'm not just saying this because Carl's, Carl's done it and uh, he's on the podcast. It looks like there is a lot of work that's gone on to this because there is actually some picture in picture. So you, you can actually see the perspective of Carl taking the video and what he's recording in one corner and then the actual quality of the video as well. And, you know, I had some people say, well, what's the point? Because most people hold their camera. And then when you explain, well, have you seen that jelly effect and that wobble that you get? And it's really hard to get like a nice smooth pan. And they go, oh, yeah, that's a bit obvious, that. Uh, right, so the next one then, Matt, we'll go over to you with how much? Go on, <laughs> tell us about this one. Okay, so I know that obviously in Nemo's store he was talking about iPad Air cases and kind of actual the glass protectors and that kind of stuff from there. This is kind of the next thing leading on from it, really, in that sort of sense. This is by a company uh, that does a a special case, so it's a fully waterproof, it's fully, in essence, kind of bombproof kind of case for the iPad Pros. Now, currently, you can get one for the 12.9, which comes in at $149. And these guys, yeah, these cases are done, so they're military standard shock and drop proof. They are waterproof up to two meters. And, yeah, they're kind of tested, properly tested. Um, I use one of their kind of cases on my phone. And I've ordered one of the iPad Pro ones at the moment because the one I've got on mine is just a cheap one. Uh, they also have a new one coming out for the 9.7 iPad Pro as well. And they also do them for the Airs as well. So if you do want a proper heavy-duty kind of protective case, then these guys will actually are the best people to kind of go to that I've found. Uh, and, yeah, like I said, they kind of, yeah, this one comes in for the 12.9% iPad Pro is $149. But you will be able to get them through Amazon UK in probably, I think, next month it is. They'll start launching them through um, Amazon as well over here. 
And of course, we'll have links to that in the show notes on the website. And it, but well, we might try. Well, I might try to do something a bit different with the show notes of the podcast this week. And finally, last but not least, uh, we'll go over to Barry. What have you got for us this week? Well, so so I I I, uh, I mentioned to Matt that I might have a requirement for a a charger, a mobile charger that I can, uh, you know, if if my phone looks like it's gonna gonna. Um, lose charge. I, I've got something to uh, give it a bit of juice until I can get to a main socket. And so Matt, Matt's recommended me a, um, a Levin Solstar Solar Charger. And I've had a quick look on uh, Amazon, and it does look really quite good. So um, I'll chirp about it now, and then maybe chirp about it a bit later on when I've got one and and uh, field field tested it. There's one, I've, I, I'm having a look at it now. There's one slight thing that I can see with the flaw in this, and I'm not, first of all, the product name, and this is the full product title. This is the, <clears throat> the Levin Solstar Solar Charger, f- charger 5,000 milliamp hours, rain-resistant and dirt-proof slash shock-proof dual USB port, portable charger, backup battery, portable power pack, power bank, phone charger, solar power charger, USB external battery charger, portable solar charger, solar phone charger, external battery power bank charger for iPhone, iPods, Apple adapters not included, Android phones, Windows phone and other devices in black. What's wrong with that? It does exactly what it says on the tin. But when you look at the actual product description, it says grade 8 cell, built-in 6,000 milliamp hour battery. Yeah, the actual the amp the base of the bat the 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 power cell built into it is actually a six thousand because the idea is that it will also charge it's the actual device while it's also charging your devices. So it's a five thousand milliamp out, but it's a six thousand that it will actually also take in. So it's an extra one uh, one thousand reserve that the solar panel will take in. So it's constantly charging the battery as you're also using that power that's already generated within there to actually feed your devices. Now, this is obviously not going to charge the battery up as fast as your iPhone will drain the battery when it's charging. No, exactly. Uh, like I said, I, I said to Bounce, I recommend this to Bounce because I've got one of these. And they're, they're tiny. They're about the size of an iPhone 6, um, about the same kind of weight as an iPhone 6 in like a, yeah, a, a thick case. Um, and yeah, they're waterproof. They're perfect if you're on a motorbike and you want to be able to kind of charge your phone when you're out and about. You literally use your phone. Everyone knows if you're using GPS on your phone, it wipes out your battery like nothing else on this earth. Uh, and you stop over to fill up with gas. Just plug this in. Petrol. And for you guys. Um, or you <laughs> or stop diesel. off somewhere for a coffee or yeah, on the way and that kind of stuff as you pull in. So, Matt, 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 Matt. So when you go to a gas station and in America or Canada you've got diesel, what do you ask for? You ask for diesel. But yeah. So you won't ask for gas? Gasoline. If you go and you you get a fill up with, with gasoline, you go in and you ask for gas. So, but for diesel, you ask for diesel. Well, yes, because you don't want for the guys to put the uh, gasoline don't into the diesel. Say it. Don't look at me like I'm stupid. You, you're the ones who call it gasoline, <laughs> where the rest of the world calls it petrol. Because it's got. Ah, no, UK calls it petrol. Anti-explosion, uh, explosion thing in it as well, which is nice to know. What the gasoline or the actual? The oh, well, well, both. I hope. <laughs> In fact, also they're worth buying if you when you're kind of if you're listening to this in the next couple of days from once we've put this out, 
It's certainly worth going onto the Amazon and getting it now because they have dropped the price from £50 to £17 at the moment. And that includes free delivery. If you're on Prime. Yeah, well, everyone should be on Prime anyway. <laughs> yeah, bloody poor people. How dare they not have Prime? God, Prime's they... also dropped in price at the moment. It's only £59 no, for a year no, at the moment. But, you know, you can either eat or get uh, No, that know. ended on March 16th. Uh, sorry, May 16th. Uh, Amazon dropped their Prime down to £59, which is when I got mine. But I think mine's just about to expire when the new series of Top Gear starts, which, to be honest, was the only reason I got it. And to be honest... Prime isn't actually that cheap because if you look at other sellers that have a similar product without Prime, if you add that product and the pricing together, it's the same price as Prime. Mark, you are talking people out of using the Amazon link that we've just been talking about on the show. It's not just that. If it was just shipping, you get so much now. You get the video stuff, you get the radio, your music stuff, you get the Kindle library. There's loads of advantages. Good save. Good save. Barry, when you get it, will you uh, do a review for us on the old podcast? Let us know what it's like and if you actually used it or if you're going to do a mat and return it. <laughs> right, hang on. <laughs> Matt's going to hurt you now. Here's mine, yeah, right it's, here. It's going to work for the listeners, Matt. I don't want you to is, if you're listening to this, you're actually not going to know anything yeah, about this. You, but you, the guys here, which we're on up, video. Matt. It's not so, attached to anything. Matt, doesn't look Matt, it's been outside. Matt, why is it in an envelope? It's not in a bloody envelope. <laughs> but why is it in an Here envelope that says return to sender? Solid unit. Stop yeah, banging your head. You can hear that. It even has got an LED light on it as well. So if you are kind of fishing for it and it's dark, you can fire up the LED so you can see what you're doing at the same time when you're on the that's bike. That's so the postman can find it in the dark when he's like, finding it looking really <laughs> sack. One thing. One bloody thing. That's the only thing I've ever uh, actually done as a return. Didn't you have a Tesla and you sent that back? No, I did not send that back. I sold that on. I sold that on at so, a profit as well. Say tomato, yeah. I say tomato because I'm proper. <laughs> so what's your uh, worth a chirp then, Mark? It's a life worth a chirp to have <laughs> good <a> friends. <laughs> <laughs> so that basically means you haven't got one is what you're saying. <laughs> There have been some rather extenuating circumstances this last week and a half, which means uh, no one has sent me anything off their PR list. Oh, hang on. I might have something from a PR no, company don't here. Do a PR thing. God, don't. Do you could put a, uh, a new mixer on there when you get one. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the thing is, I've been looking at new mixers, and everyone says, don't go with the USB, don't go with the USB. But the USB ones aren't too bad. So uh, if anyone out there has got a suggestion for a reasonably priced mixer that preferably isn't USB. Yes, you're fine. You get one for under 100 quid, no problem. Mm. So we, I don't know what the problem's been with the audio this week, but as I said at the start of the show, we were an hour late, even though we had all the stories ready, everything ready to go. And then we tried to do some recording. For whatever reason, Skype was decided, oh, you know what? I'm just going to place masses of gain on everything. Do you but know how much the listener cares. No, <laughs> user interface. We haven't got. We haven't done a, a Patreon plug this week. What more can I do? Well, there you go. Done one at the start. What are you talking about? Did I? And halfway through. Halfway and through. near the end. And on that bombshell, I think we've got a show there, gentlemen. So all that remains for us to say is, gentlemen, how can we get a hold of you, Mister Matt Barton? Okay, best place for myself is going to be on Twitter at MustangMatt69. And Mr. Barry, how can they get a hold of you should they wish to see how your life of retirement is going? Uh, again on Twitter, uh, Womblefoot. 
And if you could bring the carriage clock in next week to give us a review of that, I'd be not worth a chirp. That'd be brilliant. And finally, Mr. Carl Madden. Um, <laughs> you can hold me on Twitter at Clausio101. Uh, also, if you're still subscribed to the Mac and Forth feed, you might hear a copy of this show go out. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to post one of these shows on the old Mac and Forth feed, just in case there's anyone listening out there that doesn't know we've changed. Oh, Christ's sake, don't use this one. Just signs. No, I don't. I'll use the first one. Yeah, go uh, with episode one. That's been the best yeah, one exactly. so far. Exactly. We, yeah. How do we do that? We set such a high standard on that first show, and every week it's just got progressively Hang on, more let interesting. Just, let me just check on uh, Wikipedia. Have they changed the word highest meaning of highest? <laughs> We've been informative at one stage um, long on the four shows. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're on no, the third it's, show. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. But uh, we've already got a document there for next week as well, which I find really organized. But uh, yeah. Um, no, but yeah, seriously, go, please do. Uh, don't worry if you see a duplicate show come out, because that's just trying to inform people who have not realized we've gone over to the another's channel. Um, also, we've got a Facebook chat page. And if you really would go and look, seek out our Google, sorry, our YouTube page. And we've only got one video there at the moment, but we hope to do some other videos later on as well. As, as things progress, we've got a lot of changes still going on. Mark's like really under pressure at the moment because he's trying to change all these other things around and we're trying to help in the background. But it's a long process. Oh, we, and Well, you're we not. Take, really take yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're like, just waiting for you to say, oh, I can't, the show has to stop. I can't come on tonight. <laughs> but, Matt, uh, the showstopper, Barton. It is a process and we are getting there and we might have some more news about some other changes coming up in the next few weeks as well. And if you could... If you do like what you hear, <laughs> if you do like what you hear, please do leave Mark a review because it really does help and boost morale and stuff like this. Even if you don't like it, leave us a review anyway. Yeah, do some charity work. You know, you've probably walk, if you live in a city, you probably walk past some beggars. You haven't given them any money. Well, the least you can do is press five stars on our iTunes and get us back into the iTunes technology chart. Think of us as a way to clean your conscience. You can follow the you can follow the show via the website at essentialapple.com. We are doing some major changes there. So if you do pop on there and you don't see an update, don't forget about it. We are working on it. I can promise you that. There is a lot of effort going in. We're going to become more review-based. We're going to try and filter out the news so we're not just one of those other sites that are just pushing out story after story after story. We want to give you more of a, you know, our opinions and our views and let's see how it goes from there you can follow us on the twitter at essential apple one find us on the facebook as well have a look for essential apple you'll see us on there and like i said please go and see the youtube video there was a lot of work going into it i think it was absolutely brilliantly done manfrotto where are you why have you not retweeted it shame on you so until next time next bat place next bat time we will see you all in seven to twelve days take it easy everyone Bye. Bye. Ta-da. Hello, everyone. It's just me recording this bit. Right. Well, as I said at the top of the show, I did have quite a few uh, technical issues, which um, after a few hours of Carl and myself looking at what was wrong, it looks like my mixer has probably had it. That and some other technical issues meant I unfortunately missed out on half of Nemo's hardware store. So here was the second half of Nemo's hardware store. And don't forget, you can also purchase via our Amazon link. I know it's not the easiest thing to do to remember to go through our link, but if you can, it does mean we get a very small kickback from the Apple store. Enjoy the second half of Nemo's hardware store. Cheerio. We have some good iPad cases and stands and keyboards. 
and screen protector glass covers for iPads and maybe even something for the iPhone this week on the shelves of Nemo's Hardware Store. So thanks for listening every week and a good job to the gang for our new show format. Two companies that are represented are UAG and LAUT, Urban Armor Gear and Lout. Urban Armor Gear has a very attractive, colorful, bright red folio case for the iPad. The model I have here is for the iPad Air 2 for the full-size iPad. It's extremely durable. It has an ingenious magnetized snap cover. So when the folio is closed, you close it. But unlike the Apple Smart Cover, this one does it one even better. It has a magnet that wraps around onto the back and is both loose and firm, so it's got plenty of gripping. On the front face, protecting the glass, it's a very soft, velvety cover that goes on your precious glass. That's on the inside. Then on the outside, there's a knurled red sort of like a heavy-duty rubber tire, but it's not thick. It's it's strong without being thick. Very attractive, very impact-resistant. Then on the back, it says UAG for Urban Armor Gear. When I gently pull the back segment away from the hinged area, I have infinitely adjustable viewing angles in the horizontal landscape mode. Not convenient in the portrait mode, but that's what you expect pretty much from these folio style cases aside from the ones that have the swiveling hinge. I'll have the prices for all of these at the end of my report. So this is the UAG Urban Armor Gear designed for iPad Air 2 and it's a military standard 810G 516.6 drop tested, easy access, adjustable stand, feather light, water resistant, smart cover, and impact resistant. It does not cover the camera or the holes or the ports. So don't take it scuba diving or body surfing, but as far as regular protection for most spills and most impact, this is a attractive and very lightweight, extremely durable, impact resistant case and cover for your iPad Air 2. And check and see if they have it for the other models also. I wouldn't be surprised if Urban Armor Gear has it for the other models of the iPad. So we'll have the links in our show notes for this and the other products so you can check them out and see what the companies have on their websites. LAUT does it one better. It's also a folio case. It's also bright red. It uses the smart cover method of closing. It doesn't have that wraparound strap magnet closing. Comes with a plastic screen protector with instructions and it also comes with a little microfiber cleaning cloth iPad snaps into the shell like a typical iPad case, snaps right into the rubberized, rigid but somewhat flexible and strong shell. And then you close the lid to protect it. And again, the ports and the holes are exposed along the edges and the sides. So is the camera on the back. However, this particular product, which is called the Revolve Versatile Multi-Angle Rotating stand case for iPad Air, multi-angle viewing, durable impact resistant casing, auto on-off cover feature, screen guard included. They call it the natural evolution of intelligent iPad casing solutions because it features a slim rotating polycarbonate casing. 
For those of you who've been following me and my reviews for my Mac and other podcasts, I love iPad cases that revolve and swivel so that you can use the multiple viewing angles in both horizontal and vertical, both in landscape and portrait mode. So even though the UAG has a little bit more military-grade protection, if I were recommending one over the other, the LAUT would be my first choice because of that versatility of revolving. Well done, both companies, but extra points to LAUT for the Revolve. Let's stick with LAUT for the Workstation Bluetooth keyboard case for the iPad Air 2. It includes a micro USB charging cable, five hours of battery life, auto on-off, seven colors of backlit keyboard. This is for the iPad Air 2, so once again you snap your Air into the rigid but also somewhat flexible, very strong rear area, which would be like the screen on your computer if it was a laptop, and you can set it down and it's only in the horizontal position. It would have been nice if they had gone the extra way to include that revolve spinner, but they didn't. The keyboard itself is an attractive black with nice tactile keys. It's got the full set of the function keys up above, you know, play, pause, fast forward, louder, softer, lock, brighter, darker, keyboard on, off, and it's very good for typing. This is really well-built, solid, and I am in love with keyboard cases and with revolving cases. So LAUT gets several thumbs up for me for their outstanding workstation Bluetooth keyboard case for the iPad Air 2. Please look at the links in the show notes so you can see, get some idea of what a high quality product this is for this keyboard case. Can't wait to start typing on this. I like the feel and the look and especially the backlit keys in a dark room. Now you do need to protect the glass even on your iPads when they're in these secure cases. So LAUT helps us out with premium tempered glass, the Prime GLS, Prime Glass, P-R-I-M-E-G-L-S, screen protection glass for iPad Air. This will work for all models of the iPad Air. Precision touch oleophobic coating, whatever that means, anti-shattering 9H surface hardness and bubble-free. My wife just broke the screen on her iPad, so I know how important it is to protect it. Here's the microfiber cleaning cloth, instructions, and that's it. I mean, there's not that much you need to do. If you've never put on one of these glass protection screens before, please look at a video or have somebody help you who's done it before. It's a little unnerving the first time, but once you've done it, you have more confidence. Just make sure your hands are clean. Make sure there's no kids running around or people getting on your nerves. Make sure you're totally focused on it. So that's the LAUT Premium Tempered Glass Prime GLS Screen Protection Glass for the iPad Air. And I'm happy to say they also make the exact same product, Premium Tempered Glass Prime GLS Screen Protection for iPhone 6, 6S, and 6 Plus, and 6S Plus. So both the standard 6 and the Jumbo Plus 6, you can get the Prime GLS and 
Prime Privacy. Premium tempered glass, also the same thing, but it also has the privacy protection so it can only be seen by you, not by somebody sneaking a peek from your right or your left. They do not have the prime privacy yet for the iPad, but they do have it for all the current models of the iPhone. Thanks for listening and thanks to Urban Armor Gear and LAUT for providing these products for our review. Whoa, not so fast. How about some prices? Okay, get your pencils and pads of paper ready. The Magma, M-A-G-M-A, folio case for iPad Air 2 is $50 in the U.S. That's from Urban Armor Gear. The LAUT Revolve for the iPad Air 2 is $50 in the U.S. And it comes in six very attractive colors. The LAUT Workstation for the iPad Air 2 is $100. And that's typically what they cost these days for a good keyboard case for a full-size iPad. The LAUT Prime Glass for the iPad Air 2 is $35 in the U.S. And the privacy screen, Prime Privacy, for the iPhone 6 and the 6S is $25. And you can snoop around their website to see what their regular glass screen is and their privacy screens are for the uh, larger size phones. Thanks again.